When you're lost in the darkness, look for the pod. Specifically, the Prestige TV podcast on the Ringer Podcast Network, where we're breaking down every new episode of HBO's The Last of Us. On Sunday nights, grab your battery and join Van Lathan and Charles Holmes for an instant reaction to the latest episode. Then head back to the QZ on Tuesdays for a deep dive with Joanna Robinson and Mallory Rubin. From character arcs to video game adaptation choices, story themes to needle drops, we'll parse every inch of this cordyceps-coated universe. Watch out for mouth tendrils and follow along on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Duncan. Duncan just dropped a new kind of energy, and they call it sparked energy. Are you a spontaneous spirit who likes bringing a high-octane feel to the group chat? Grab a berry burst sparked energy. Love bringing that upbeat comedy vibe wherever you go? Turn the fun up to 11 with their peach sunshine flavor. Whatever your energy, Duncan's here to match it with a revitalizing burst of caffeine and full-on fruit flavors. Even better, a medium sparked energy is $3 now through March 19th. Drop by and get sparked by Duncan. Sparked energy drinks are fruit flavored, contain 0% fruit juice. Beverages contain caffeine from caffeine and guarana. Participation may vary. Limited time offer. Terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Lululemon. Guys, if you're ready for a new pair of pants, try one of Lululemon's ABC pants. They're made to make you look and feel good. And there's lots of different styles to choose from. My favorite, because I walk around LA every day, I like the joggers. I'm not jogging, I'm just walking fast. But if you're working out, I would try them out. And if you want something a little sleek, maybe business-like, maybe try the ABC Slim Fit Trouser, but I am a joggers guy. I just, once COVID happened, I was just like, I'm, I wanna wear jogging pants and joggers and all kinds of soft pants as much as I possibly can, especially when I'm working out. Ultra comfortable and versatile. ABC pants are really in a league of their own. Buy a pair right now at lululemon.com. Welcome into the Ringerverse. This is, of course, the Ringer's Nexus podcast feed for all things fandom. We are. You want me to explain it? I didn't run. My questions. He's got answers. That's like the Radio Shack thing. Uh, Steve the Architect Almond. Hashtag be nice to Steve. Old Man Ben, <laughs> he of the receding resurgent hairline, and Co Baby Chuck to 24 Carry Closer together, we are known as uh, the Midnight Boys. Listen, you have to follow us on socials, guys. It's very important. Insta, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok. Jomi needs the Celine S7. The I'm cash. not going to rest. I'm not going to rest until Jomi... I can't wait to see Jomi whipping the Celine S7. Well, here's the thing. With gas prices these days, it might just be like a, you know, out in the town car, you know, where I'm going to like a... Yeah, I'm going to like show off or something, you know, stun a little bit. But I'll still, you know, ride on my, you know, my weekday car. What date spot do you pull up in the Celine S7 to? Oh, man. You pull up to Nobu, Malibu in the Celine S7. Right. You know, Re- you go Rezo to... For- um, Jomi, how was your Valentine's Day? Oh, man, it was great, bro. Let me tell you. Let me break shady, it down for you real quick. Shady question. How's no, that a shady cool. question? I'm asking my friend. 
Yeah, yeah man, I, I break it down for you. So, you know, I, I you know, worked, you know, put in my hours at the, you know, at the job. Then, man, you go, not going to believe this. I had the Super Bowl leftovers for oh, the second God. day in a row. And then, and then it's crazy. I watched Love Island, then I went to sleep. Great night, man. Just a great night. That's some of the sad King. King. Fantastic. King. <laughs> Charles, Charles. Charles. Fantastic. Right there. All right. Uh, <laughs> bro, man. <laughs> On Monday, the House of R is going to give you their deep dive into Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania, a hugely divisive film that we'll be covering on this podcast today. No Midnight Boys next week. Interesting. Next week is Wellness Week. Spotify situation. So everybody's taking off. You guys are free to come over here if you want. Cool. You know, like, like, we'll be, I'll be over here, you know, hanging out. I don't believe in Wellness Week. I'll be honest with you. <laughs> so what do you, what do you believe in, Ben? Anti-Wellness Week? <laughs> I believe in just fucking do it, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Right. You know, like, I, I just, uh, you know, I believe this is the old man vanished opinion you've ever fucking had. You're like, look at these kids trying to trying to get well, trying to rest. Fuck I, them. It's not it's not about you. I believe that rest is like anything else. It must be scheduled, and you're responsible for your own rest. And we scheduled a, this rest. I think making a corporation responsible for your rest. Okay, well, is is a, is the nanny state? I'm I'm sorry, like all right, a, Mr. Monopoly, God like, damn, make a, make a corporation respond. Hey, get your rest. Anyway, whatever. Wellness week. <laughs> I'll be here potting without even recording. I'll be keeping sharp. I'll, I'll be right here. He's in the lab. Stuff. Gotta stay like this. Keeping sharp. You sound like Dame there. Lillard. You like you like man. I got too much heart. Like fuck off. Like just join us, man. Rest, nigga. No. I rest. I, 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 I get as much rest as I need to. Okay. Next Friday, the House of R is going to give you their Mando watch list and favorite Mando moments pod. Everybody, give me a favorite Mando moment right now. Well, before we get to Mal and Joe, give me a favorite Mando moment. Charles. Green. Oh, Grogu eating the little blue macaroons when he was like yeah. just so happy to finally get one. Come on, bro. Mm-hmm. Jummy. Uh, when Luke came through with the lightsaber in uh, the season two finale. That's the worst. It's like, choice. Jesus Christ. It was you know cool, I mean? man. It's mm, very it cool. cool, but it's like on the nose. You know what I mean? Uh, what's your favorite superhero movie? The Dark Knight. You know what I mean? <laughs> Jomi, like, take a what? chance, bro. Like, you know, like, I'm going to ask you again, Jomi. I'm not going to, you, you can't, you can't, you can't, <laughs> you can't have wow. that. What's one, your Jomi? favorite superhero movie? The best superhero movie of all time. Like, you can't, you can't Boo. have that one. Boo. Boo. You can't, Jomi, you can't have that one. You can't have. I that. can't have that one. No, but that. that oh wait, no, I changed table. my one. Okay, no, my wait, favorite. Baby Yoda with the radio. That's the best one. Baby like, Yoda with the radio is good. Yeah. yeah. All right then. One. My favorite is when, uh, in it's actually in the book of Boba Fett when Mando fought uh, the guy from Clan Vizsla with the dark saber. That was pretty cool as well. That was going to be my answer. Really, See, Joey? Really? Yeah. So, so I mean, yeah. yeah. It's like a really awesome. cool moment. 
It's really it's, awesome. You know, that's, that's a really cool moment. Uh, Steve, what about yours? I, I I also hate to admit that this is also from the book of Boba Fett, but it's when he gets his new ship and the X-Wings pull him over and tell him to park at the latest stop. And then he just like blazes right past him and outruns the cops. It's interesting like that. that everybody hates the book of Boba Fett so much, but some of your favorite Mando moments come from the book of Boba Fett. It's crazy. It's crazy how that show isn't about Boba Fett in the end, huh? It Yo, it's gonna, do you think, in the end. do you think motherfuckers it's are going to be confused as hell with the new season? Like if they didn't watch book of Boba Fett or do you, you think have they're gonna to have... watch book of Boba Fett? No, nah, like, you, you have, have to watch to. it. Cause it does. Cause they, they filled in a lot of plot there. You have to watch it. They literally watch reunited it. Grogu and Mando in the show that wasn't about them. But you got to think about it. There, There's people who just watch Mandalorian. Like, they don't even keep up with anything else. They ain't really? going back to watch. Bo- yeah, I think so. There are people who just watch The Mandalorian? I think that when Disney Plus first launched, I think there were a lot of people when they signed up, you're like, all right, I'll check out the Baby Yoda show. And like, they literally only watch the Baby Yoda show. Well, I kind of feel like at the end of season two of the Baby Yoda show, they had a little teaser for the Book of Boba Fett show. And then when the show ended, you know, maybe you maybe you're just catching up. Maybe like last last year, November, you're like, I'll finally check out this Mandalorian show. Once the season two, you know, ended, they're like, go watch Mando. Go watch the Book of Boba Fett. You know, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Like, that's what those things do. So if you missed it. That's on you, kind of, a little bit. On today's show, we're going to give you our instant reactions to the next installment in the MCU, Ant-Man and the Wasp. Quantumania! I like yeah. this. That, that, that's the way <laughs> I have to give the... That's the energy. You know what? Hold mm-hmm. on for a second. I want to do something new. All right? Okay. I want to get into something new. Everybody get moving. Oh. Mm. Everybody get moving. Let's get the energy out. Everybody get moving. <laughs> Come on. All of it. everybody get moving. Everybody get moving. No, I'm stationed. I'm stationed. Everybody get moving. I know you wouldn't do it. I know you wouldn't do it. That's because me and Jomi and Steve are fucking rocking it right now. If you guys can only see, we're getting the energy up. Everybody, give me a one, two, three on three. Say midnight boys. I feel you. One, two, three. Midnight boys. That's what the energy needs to be for Ant Man. Okay. Yeah. Okay, uh, give me the spoiler warning, Steve. Woo! We're getting ready to talk about Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. You're listening to a reaction podcast. The spoilers are coming. Now, before we get into reactions, we have to know what happened. And in order to know what happened, we have to do something we haven't done in a little while. Warms my heart to have it back. 24 karat closer gives you the midnight manifest, puts you in the need to know. Charles, take it away. All right, and this is your Midnight Manifest for Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, directed by Peyton Reed, written by Jeff Loveness, a writer on Rick and Morty. We start in the aftermath of the snap, where Scott Lang has become a pseudo-celebrity on a book tour for his memoir, Look Out for the Little Guy. His daughter Cassie is now a rebellious teenager, who Scott and Hope have to bail out of jail after defending a homeless encampment the police were trying to get rid of by shrinking a cop car. At a family dinner with the entire Ant family, Cassie reveals that she's been sending a sick down to the quantum realm with the help of Hank. Quickly, everything goes haywire, and Scott, Hope, Cassie, Hank, and Janet are sucked into the quantum realm. Scott and Cassie are captured by freedom fighters who are trying to survive the rule of King the Conqueror. Meanwhile, Hope and Hank are learning more about Janet's ears stuck in this realm and her relationship with Kang. 
Modok, one of King's henchmen, who you might remember as Yellow Jacket from the first Ant-Man, attacks Scott and Cassie are captured. King threatens to kill Cassie if Scott doesn't help him recapture the multiversal engine that Janet broke years ago to keep him in prison. Said engine will help him escape from the quantum realm and get revenge on the Council of Kings that sent him down to the quantum realm. Scott is successful with the help of Hope, but Kang double-crosses him, a war breaks out, and the Freedom Fighters, along with Hank's sentient future ants, help the ant family overwhelm Kang. Scott is successful and his family returns to their normal lives. This has been your Midnight Manifest for Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantum Mania. We are going to go Charles, Jomi, Steve. First thoughts coming out of the theater. Go. I was torn. I'll be honest. I think that this is by far, I like the world for the first 15 or 20 minutes. I was kind of interested. I was in it. And then I felt like this creeping sense of emotional emptiness a little bit that I think in in the drive to make this Ant-Man movie bigger, they maybe lost a little bit of what made Ant-Man so special, that original one, which is kind of the heart. Um, and, and yeah, I'm still kind of trying to wrap my head around this movie and take it as both an Ant-Man movie, but also like what this says about the bigger MCU project. But um, I will say that this had one of the rare moments where you look at the screen and you're like, okay, this is a movie star. We're constantly talking about the death of the movie star. And I will tell you that, goddamn, Kang... Um, Jonathan Majors, I was just like, okay, this is this is our next guy. Like, this is our next heir apparent to the acting throne. So yeah, I'm a little bit mixed. We'll get into why a little bit later. What about what about you, Jomi? What'd you think? I felt, you know, quite like Charles, felt divided. Ultimately, you know, on the car ride home, I came to the conclusion that the movie is is fine. It's just fine. It's got upstarts and it's got you know, nadirs. There's some moments that I think might be too, too nuts for some audience members. But all, when it's all said and done, I think the movie accomplishes what it sets out to accomplish and delivers, you know, some fun moments and some cool moments along the way, while at the same time, just kind of being uneven. That being said, it's a solid film. I will get into, you know, my thoughts later, but it was, it was cool. Show me the thesaurus, Adeneron. <laughs> I'm just impressed that you used the word nadirs. That's like, great. I was like, God damn, Joey, you in your bag. All right. College, guys. I, I know words. Uh, that's oh, fair. I know you went to college too, Joe. <laughs> I was trying to give you a compliment. The retention is wonderful. I enjoyed this, I think, for the most part. Again, like... The, You'll find things in this movie that are a lot of a mixed bag. I agree with you, Charles, that the things that made Ant-Man special, the Ant-Man movies special, especially in the first and second one, aren't really here. And I think that's probably having a lot to do with its setting and location because a lot of the fun that we get from an Ant-Man movie is like kind of juxtaposition of like the world and how big and how small and how powerful and how compact everything in Ant-Man's orbit can be. And... There's a lot good in this. I, again, the key moment of this being Jonathan Major's performance as Kang. Um, but there's a there, there's a bit of stumbles narratively that you know kind of hold it back quite a bit. But 
I overall would say this is enjoyable, but ultimately a solid, fine movie. Uh, worked for me. I, I don't think that the movie is a grand slam, but no Ant-Man movie has been a grand slam. To me, I, I think that this movie is a, a sort of realization um, that the character can be something more. Look, it's interesting. It's an interesting criticism to say that this movie is different than a than an Ant Man movie has been before. If we look at any of the solo films, maybe besides uh, Iron Man, their DNA drastically changes as the films go on. If you look at Captain America: The First Avenger, uh, the DNA of the movie changes to well. By the time we get to Civil War, it's kind of Captain America in an Avengers film surrounded by organizational dysfunction and how you get out of it. It's kind of what we'd see the character kind of turn into. I think that's interesting to try with Ant-Man because uh, the character has been sort of an also-ran in the MCU. Not unimportant, of course, but not like a marquee player. This is the movie where you would try a wacky, crazy, mixed-up, you know, out of this world realm, in my opinion. And I thought that that kind of fit sort of the overall, you know, feeling and rhythm of who Ant-Man is. Jonathan Majors was brilliant. The movie itself had me invested and involved towards the end. We, in my opinion, are seriously, seriously being weighed down by expectations at this point. The collective we? Yeah, the collective we. Yeah, like right. it, it, at this point, it's not a bad thing, you know. Um, Marvel is sort of to blame for this because Marvel gets into a way of promising with every film that this is something new that you've never seen before and blah, 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 blah. The Eternals are coming. This is, we're going in a completely new place. It's going to be boom, bow. Ant-Man, we're going into a completely new realm. We're going to blow you away. Something, and it's the movie's, the movie's cool. The movie worked. But like, so we're not going to write any essays or sonnets or talk about the times that we were super, even the Bill Murray cameo in this movie. Okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's like, all right, cool. You, you know what I mean? But it was, it was, it was fun to watch. I had fun. And I had fun. I had fun. Can I, wait, can I ask this really quick though? Because they said in the lead up to this that Thor Ragnarok was kind of really their North Star in terms of just like seeing how different the third Thor was. And I think the director was kind of really adamant about they were tired of Ant-Man basically feeling like a palate cleanser. And part of me feels like maybe that was the problem where I think what made something like Thor Ragnarok so special is that it was something new. We had never seen that in the MCU before. We had never seen that risk. And when I was watching this movie... I could tell that they were trying to make their own Thor Ragnarok. And I was just like, that to me was kind of the issue where instead of the early MCU being like, we're going to do something you've never seen in this universe before. Now they're kind of stuck in this moment where it's just like, how do we stay creative when this is the 31st film? We are like, we are, you could kind of sometimes tell which movie they are basing it on in the MCU. Yeah, see, I actually disagree that Thor Ragnarok, even for, for for me, was something that we had never seen before in the MCU because I personally think that Guardians 
set a very clear blueprint for Thor Ragnarok in that these are two movies that are like super heavily comedic, almost in a meta way. And there was a lot of comparison in tone after the trailer and after people saw the movie between the tone of Guardians and the tone of of Thor Ragnarok. I think, so for me, if they looked at Ragnarok as as their North Star, then they failed because this movie is, to me, not anything like that film. It uh, like it it it. I think there's there's similarities in almost every Marvel movie at this point, but to me this this movie is. It kind of dips its toe into something that we've, I guess, never seen before. In that we're in an almost Alice in Wonderland type of situation here. We're in wacky new realm where the creatures are all different and all of that kind of stuff happens. Um, but I thought it was a cool little trip. I thought it was a cool little trip. I, I think that what a lot of MCU fans now are looking for is every single one of these movies to justify their existence. So you want the movie to kind of be important for some reason. You want like, okay, so this movie introduces Kang. Okay, you have to see it. Like Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness is really going to get into the multiverse and they're going to be all these cameos. It's going to change everything. So you have to see it. Thor Ragnarok, you have to see it. We're going to these movies because we want to see them. Like you're not really, you know know what I mean? We're going because we want to see them. The have to see it element of some of these films, uh, which they tried to sell us on to make us watch all of these movies and all of these shows and all of this stuff. Every single movie we go to, we leave now with, that was cool. Like, Endgame, you had to see. Infinity War, you had to see. Like, like those events, they're just few and far between. And I think that structure or that expectation uh, is really starting to cloud the way we judge the movies. And I'm not talking down on anybody who didn't enjoy this movie because before I went in, everybody I heard from, I don't know about you guys, said that the movie sucked. I, I mean, the early reactions to this movie, you could already tell, even from like, you know, the usual Twitter crowd who yeah. likes all the Marvel movies. I was just like, why are y'all being so like tepid? Like it was, it was weird. Uh, but I also, I think this is also a compounding effect to your point, Van, where it's like, even if I feel like, you know, Marvel is suffering from their own success, part of me is just like, at the end of the day, like, this is just where we're at. This is what, not just where we're at with Marvel. It's where we're at with DC. It's where we're at with Star Wars. Like, this is a Hollywood problem as much as it is an MCU problem. What were your, what was the greatest strength of the film to you, Charles? I will honestly say I think it was the humor. I do think that, like, at least in my screening, I don't think all of the jokes worked. But I think when the movie was less serious almost and just realized that, hey, we're still an Ant-Man movie. It worked the best. There were, like, people were chuckling. I was even chuckling. So that's why I'm saying, like, I had mixed feelings because part of me was just like, damn, like, I miss Louise. Like, that's like, that's what I was thinking the whole time. I wanted more of that, like, Scott just being a fuck up in the real world, dealing with Kang instead of him being introduced to a bunch of characters that, like, no offense, I was like, who the fuck is this guy? I don't care about this guy. I want him to be like with his buds again, you know, minus T.I. Oh, shit. 
Oh, shot yeah. out. <laughs> wow. Just uh, shot right across the bow, a tip. I mean, you know he deserves it. If we're being uh, <laughs> look at Jomi's face. Mint boys. I, I would agree with Charles. I, we would want to default to the performance of Jonathan Majors, which is like legitimately incredible. But again, it kind of feels like this is a different movie for Kang to be introduced in rather than it being an Ant-Man film that when it's in its stride is having a good time with itself and isn't taking itself too seriously. As great as I want to say that the introduction of Kang is going to be a great linchpin for the phase five moving forward, when this movie really hits, we're kind of laughing at how ridiculous it is. And we're having a good time, too. And when, only when it's kind of pushing up against Jonathan Majors' performance or the stakes that it's actually supposed to imply, I think that's kind of where there's a bit of friction there. And I think that's kind of the thing where it's getting lost in the sauce there. If it leaned into its humor more, I think we would have had a lot more time, or at least a lot more people would have a lot more more of a good time. Was Jonathan Majors in, in a different movie? Not in a bad way. I loved his performance. I yes. loved it so much. But part of me was like, he's doing like an Infinity War Thanos type performance. In an Ant-Man movie. In an Ant-Man movie. And sometimes I was just like, this is a little awkward. And this is... And I get why Jonathan Majors, it's a hard place for him to be in. It's just like, I, I needed Kang to make one joke. Just one. Just like to, just a wink and a nod or something. I don't know what, but like, it's just like, he's so serious. And like, I get it. I know why, but it's it's in complete contrast to this movie but in most ways. is that the way it always is? Not really. No, like, not always. Not, not, not always. always. No. Not always. Uh, like, we, we've seen this happen before when, like, sometimes that they're just in a different movie and everybody's way too serious. I'm not saying that, like, Thanos was cracking jokes all the time, but it's the, it's the fact that, like, the, like the, the villain can kind of, like, assimilate himself into whatever movie he's in based on the tone that the movie's presenting. And I feel like those are just like misaligned when it comes to Kang and the rest of this movie. Like the the Killmonger, hey auntie moment is a perfect example of like, that's a super serious moment, but he at least cracked some jokes to be like, okay, like I get, I'm still in an MCU movie. So this is kind of the the conversations that I'm talking about. Okay, so we wanted Kang to be funnier. It's not that I needed him to be funnier or something like that. It's just that like, there, there are so many like atonal moments that come across when we finally introduce Kang into this movie that either pump the brakes on the stakes of this movie so that we could have a laugh or elevate them so high that it's just a bit of like tonal whiplash. Right. So for me, the Hey Auntie moment is funny, but it's completely in line with who the character is, right? He's like, when, when, you, when you first meet Eric Killmonger, he's fucking with somebody. Like he's like he's yeah, fucking at the with museum, that. yeah. Yeah, when you first meet him, he's fucking with that lady. He's like, yeah, show me about all of these right there. Show me about all of these, blah, 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 blah. He's, I mean, it's not funny, but he's like he's basically shit posting her. I um, mean, people were chick. laughing in my theater. It wasn't yeah, like, funny, but people yeah, were laughing. Yeah, he's he's fucking with her. But you know, in Guardians, you had Ronan, who you get any comedy from Ronan? You know what I mean? Like it's like they're the, the villains, a lot of times in these situations, they have to be serious because they really... Now, the Grandmaster, like, sure. he, he was he, he was very, very funny. But, like, it, what I'm saying is, I don't think I needed Kang to be funny. He's trying to conquer and kill everybody. You know what I, I mean? get it. But when he's doing that, 
talking to Corey Stoll's gigantic baby head with his little tiny arms and legs. And we're just laughing at what we're seeing on the screen. And he's giving us like an Oscar level performance next to it. We don't really know what to feel sometimes. So I'll ask you this, man. Be real. Be real. Okay. Because like at, at the, in the beginning of the movie, they're like, they're all be like, yo, y'all, have y'all heard about him? Have y'all heard about the Conqueror? He got all these weapons. Like he's one of the most powerful people ever. And at the end of the movie, this motherfucker gets dispatched by like some fucking ants and the wasp stingers. I'm like. Bro, like, what are we doing? Like, that was the point in the movie where I'm. I mean, just to like, me, that's a that's a to me that's the major flaw in the movie. I, I, they want to get rid of this king, I guess, to give us the Council of Kings so that we can get into King Dynasty. And now it doesn't seem like Prime King will be our enemy. It seems like our big bad. It seems like all of those guys will be, which is an interesting way to kind of do that to 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 do that movie. Uh, if this Prime King is really gone, but just be honest with you. You just can't be that strong and lose to Ant Man. I don't care if it's, it, 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 I don't care if it's Ant Man with him or the Wasp or whoever. You just can't be that strong and get your shit kicked in by Ant Man. Those are the things that annoy me because it seems like sometimes that the guys up in the MCU don't really get what it is that we're looking for in the movie uh i mean it happens i think for me i i I can't i can't get away from jonathan major's performance you know the first half of the movie they're like oh it's him uh he's coming it's him And, and jonathan majors was him in this film the one thing that i'll take away that from the film is that when we see keg again he's not somebody to be messed with and Jonathan Major is going to bring it 100%. We saw it on Loki. We saw it here. You know, if this is the MCU's big bag going forward, it's a great choice. Can't wait to see him again. Yeah, I mean, right now he's 0 for 2. They falconed him. This is going to be real with you. Wait, what? For real. Right now they falconed him. <laughs> wait, what's the first one? Sylvie, Sylvie, Sylvie killed him at the end. Like, I mean, right that now. was this, this was that yeah, was more that of was a like choice he offered King. them. I don't count that. Like, he Bruh. wasn't like. Bruh, let's bring it back to the real and keep it real with the people, okay? <laughs> Thanos, purple, played by a white dude, literally took one loss. He only lost one time. And it took the entire... Kane, he lost twice. He lost twice. He two-pieced he the Hulk. Like, yeah, he's... When did he lose twice? Tell me, how, tell me when Kane when lost they went, twice. When he was, when when he was making twice. his little breakfast and like, <laughs> Thor comes in and... Bah, bah, that's the same loss, in my opinion. Now they beat him in the Avengers, though. Well, okay, so this was my thing. This was my thing. That doesn't even count, the Avengers. That's a Loki loss. That's like, like that's not a real, that's not a real loss. I agree right? with that. That's not a that, That's loss. a Loki loss. What I'm saying is that he loses. That's actually off of a win that they get him. He already won. He didn't really lose at the beginning of the end game. What? <laughs> That wasn't a loss. How was that, that a loss? That was a loss, bro. He died. He died. Come on, okay, that's died. a loss, bro. Come on. You guys, you guys. This is the this is my problem with you guys sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. He had already won mm-hmm. and he retired. Okay. So it doesn't he count. Not, his, it, no, right. He was not even trying. You that's can't like, retire from the game, though. You can retire. He had no, lost. No, you can't. Have no, you watched The Wire? You can't right. retire from the game. Like, you can. 
Like he retired. He had lost and he retired. And he was up there. He willingly destroyed the stones. Willingly destroyed the stones. And he came in there. They, they're doing the whole thing. He talking this shit. They kill him. So what? Really, that was a bigger loss for them. He lost one time. And he lost at the end of Endgame. And technically, that wasn't really even him. That was him from years ago. Oh, my goodness. So he lost, he lost one time. Like, Kang or variants of Kang have started off 0-2. It's a lot of lost, game left. Lost to Sylvie? We know that he's going to lose again. A lot of game like, left. We, we, we know that he... No, he, he might won. win in Kang Dynasty. And then they he might, might have no, to... No, he might, he might win in Kang Dynasty. But just think about it. So then me, let me ask you this. This is really important during Black History Month. Sorry, Steve, you cannot, you cannot get in on this question. Let's not, you know what? Is let's it possible? Bring, is it possible? Steve in. What? Is it possible for black people to prosper in the MCU? <sighs> mm. Don't seem like it. <laughs> I, 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 I mean, like, a, a black man is Captain America. You know, like, forget his fight record. Well, his record, but come on, man. You know, like, a brother is Captain America. I don't know what that says. For you know propaganda purposes, like look, we got a, a black man in Captain they, America. He they destroyed America. War Machine. It's fine. Uh, you know what I'm saying? L's, L's, L's. It's tough. Like sure, every- like Shirley and Wakanda got washed by Namor. If we're being honest, I mean she beat him in the end. Yeah, but still, like really. He- but look, really, if we're being honest, Talo Khan beat the dog shit out of Wakanda. Oh, that's like, what I'm saying. Like, a, yeah, whole, yeah. a whole country of L's. Yeah. Like L's popping up. Bruh, by the way, black hoteps were mad about that. <laughs> like, bruh, 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 they were, bruh. I can't remember whose video <laughs> what? I watched. What are these videos <laughs> popping up? What are you watching bruh, on YouTube, bruh? bruh? What are these? Dog, I, I watch everything on YouTube. What did these? Vi- oh, it was Umar. Ha ha! It was Umar. <laughs> no, Umar said, well, you're oh, fucking lying, bro. You're fucking lying. Dog, I swear to God, bro. Bro, I swear to God, we have to find this video. Umar, <laughs> Doctor Umar was like, I didn't go. <laughs> he said, I didn't go to watch Black Panther to watch Wakanda get their asses kicked. Like you, you, Steve, you got it. And I, I know where it is, and I, I have yeah, seen like, something. Steve, you have he's to like, put this in the show. Like, you have like, to play I didn't this go clip. to watch. He's like, I didn't go to watch Wakanda forever to watch the Wakandans <laughs> get their asses kicked, and I didn't even think about it till then. Anyway, we digress. So Jonathan Majors as Kang. I mean, I guess you could count it as a victory that he took over the TVS. Oh, oh, for two in a way, but fantastic performance. All right, uh. Greatest strength of the movie, though, we haven't talked about. I I, I, I don't know if we got a clear answer from you guys. I, I mean, say, Steve said humor. You and Steve said humor. Johnny, I said Kang. I said the villain. Kang. Um, I have to go with Kang as well. Even though, I'll be honest, a lot of people told me that this performance wasn't great and that it ruined the movie. Who said that? Who said no, no, that? No, 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 no. Not Kang. I'm talking about somebody different now. Ugh. Oh. Modoc. I disagree. I laugh. Disagree. Every, I laugh every time. Nah. Every time. Every time. Nah, nah. Every I'm time. I'm and then I'm going to get my Modoc shit off. This episode is brought to you by Duncan. Duncan just dropped a new kind of energy, and they call it sparked energy. Are you a spontaneous spirit who likes bringing a high octane feel to the group chat? Grab a berry burst sparked energy. 
Love bringing that upbeat comedy vibe wherever you go? Turn the fun up to 11 with their peach sunshine flavor. Whatever your energy, Dunkin's here to match it with a revitalizing burst of caffeine and full-on fruit flavors. Even better, a medium-sparked energy is $3 now through March 19th. Drop by and get sparked by Dunkin'. Sparked energy drinks are fruit-flavored, contain 0% fruit juice. Beverages contain caffeine from caffeine and guarana. Participation may vary. Limited time offer. Terms apply. Well, well <laughs> let's, go, let's go to the Ant family. We'll talk about Modoc in a second. Let's go to the Ant family first. Uh, before I get into this, let's just talk about the family. There was more family in this situation than we got in any of the other movies. It seemed like. Or maybe it was a fuller family because they were all together. Yeah, it was Fuller family. All right, Charles, what do you think about the Ant family in this movie? I think, I think honestly, the the part of the movie that I was like warm to, and then I didn't get enough of, is I thought it was hilarious when they're in the car, and like, you see Scott struggling to be a father because Cassie is is you know being rebellious and shit, and like that was kind of what I think was missing was I wanted more of like Scott laying the dude who saved the world once, like he had one good game in high school and he can't stop talking about that shit. He's like, uh, he's like fucking what? Uncle Rico and Napoleon Dynamite? Like, dog, that is what I wanted more of, of hit that relationship. And I just feel like the hugeness of the movie got away from that. I even like the little bits between Hank and Janet and realizing like they were horny and they had other lovers while they were apart. I wanted more of that. And I just kind of think that me not getting it was like, it was just a little sad. I can't believe I'm saying this as somebody with the, with the young Avengers agenda as deep as mine, but Cassie to me is probably like the worst, not the, not the worst part of film, but the part of the film I enjoyed the least. Uh, Interesting. I didn't, I'm not I didn't saying love she it. was great, but the worst? I didn't I love it. I know what's bothering Jomi. Something that I've talked about a lot on uh, in these recent months and years. I think Jomi wasn't a fan of the pluck. I think the pluck <laughs> was the pluck finally got me. I think the pluck got him. <laughs> the I think Jomi didn't got like me. the pluck. I think, <laughs> I think you guys get at me, but when you think about it, pluck sucks. And and that, and that's the thing, Jomi. You didn't like the pluck. I didn't. I didn't love the pluck. I didn't love the pluck. You know, with everything that was going on, I was like, I, you know, we. I guess I mean the movie had to do it. This is like getting family. This is like a fast movie. The family, la familia, was so important. You know, and his relationship with his daughter, and ultimately at at the back end of the movie, it all came to fruition. But watching them, like you know, I don't want to say goof around the, the quantum realm, but you know, exchanges. I was like, man, we, does we have time for this? All right, for sure. No problem. <laughs> cool. Sure, why not? Uh, but I mean, you know, hope and I mean, Hank was. I, I loved Hank. Hank had had a great moment at the end there. Yeah. Uh, ants. Like, that was badass. And um, you know, seeing Hope and, and Janet finally like you know, finally connect after like all the movies and all the years that they've been together was really nice. But yeah, I, I'm sure Cassie will redeem herself in um in a young Avengers, you know, as stature. But at this first pass, I was like, I don't know. Wait, talk about know. the young Avengers real quick. <clears throat> Joe me, I, I want to get your opinion on this. Mm. 
does the MCU write all of their child heroes the same? Like, everybody's like a mini Peter Parker, where it's like, it's so cool being a, like, being a kid hero, and I have a mentor, and I got, and I'm just like, dog, can we get, like, a different flavor? Like, why did Miss Marvel, Cassie, like, fucking the new Hawkeye, all of them are basically the same character. They're all the, 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 they're all the same, and they all, like, I have this power, I, I gotta do good things with it. You know, like it's basically just like Peter Parker, just basically like Spider Man. Like with Greg Parker's great responsibility, it's like you don't you don't have to. You know, you could. I would love one one individual character who's like, I don't want this. I don't want to do this. Make me do this. Somebody somebody forced me to be a hero. You know, they're just all you know, very very similar to the point they're like where plucky. I'm like Van. They're, to Van's point, they're all fucking too plucky. And see, I'm like somebody got to chill. Got to chill. This is my thing. I fundamentally don't like child heroes. You guys know this. Mm. I don't like the kid version of anybody ever. <laughs> I hate it. All right? You, you, you guys know that. It's just always been a right. thing with me. I was like, what the fuck do I need Superboy for? <laughs> don't need it. If Superboy is like a, 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 a child Superman, you guys want to do it, that all kinds of continuity problems. But if it's like a different, I don't need it, right? Um, however... I personally think that Kate Bishop, you guys might disagree with me, was a little less plucky. I thought she she was a little, she was mischievous, right? But she didn't give off a lot of pluck. No, she was plucky as hell. So you guys all hated Stature. That's important. It's not true. It's not <laughs> true. <laughs> I didn't hate her. Just I, I have a know. question for y'all. Was Wasp in the movie? All right, can I get my wasp thing off really, really quick? Because I saw something <laughs> like, 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 how many total days? How many total days on set did Evangeline Lily? She shouldn't have got them vaccine tanks off. How many? How many total they cut her shit out? How many total days points? on set when the, the, the Evangeline Lily happened? To, I, I think she was there the whole time. They just punished her with the haircut. That's what it was. All right, the haircut was bad. But multiple times in the movie, like oh, there'd be some action very, going on. Very unwoke. And, and then Hope would just come out of nowhere. Wasp would come out of nowhere. And I'd be like, oh, she's in this movie still? It got so bad at the end of the movie when like you think Scott, like Scott's ass is beat and she flies back to save him. I'm like, oh yeah, shit. This Wasp is in this movie. Fuck. Like I forgot. Like it was weird. I'm also going to be honest. Like, I think Wasp was worse than Cassie, if we're going to be honest. She was doing nothing in this movie. I possibly, I really think if it's going to be an Ant-Man and the Wasp movie, that she needs her own arc. Yeah. And her own motivation. And, and I, I get that it was, they tried to do it in terms of her relationship with her mother. It just, that's the part of the movie that didn't really work for me. A part of the movie that didn't really work for me was if this movie is supposed to be Ant-Man and the Wasp, uh, this was a very Scott-centric movie. And really, Cassie was a bigger deal in the film to me than than the, than Wasp was. Uh, but, you know, other than that, I thought the family was cool. I always love seeing Hank Pym. Hank Pym is such a complicated character. And seeing him as an older character, I mean, Hank Pym is super complicated to the point to where, you know, he was kicked out of the Avengers for domestic violence and all kinds of crap back in the day, smacking the wasp around. 
Like it's a very complicated character who's dealt with a lot of different things. And I think that the character actually gets played by Michael Douglas perfectly with the, with like a little bit of a mean streak. There's a little inaccessibility there. There's a tiny bit of disdain for Scott, but like it, 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 it's it's still worse. I thought the Ant family was pretty cool here. But really quick, I do think what's hilarious is how Michael Douglas like plays him as like this old like they play up the fact that like it's weird that this old white man is so into ants. Like he's just like, but that's what's so endearing. Like this man just wants to be left alone with his fucking smart ass ants and nobody will let him. I kind of wanted more of him. I would have rather it been a Hank Pym and Scott Lang movie, if I'm being honest. Huh. Wow. Just what? remember. Just, I just want I just want you guys to remember something when when woke corner is coming on. Steve, I want a woke drop. Whenever we <laughs> by the way, I have to I have to can I say something real quick. I'll say something real quick. A little toxicity check here. Both of you guys said this movie would be better with less women. Okay. Whoa. And, uh, did not say that. Did not say that at all. You said you you said what you said was take Wasp and Cassie out of the movie. All right, so well, to Wasp, uh, if you're gonna if you're gonna put Wasp in the movie, Wasp you should Cassie make you should make her story interesting instead of, of being movie. like, oh yeah, we forgot to give her any like and motivation. You criticize Wasp's haircut. That's straight out of a Donald Trump speech, well, circa 2016. <laughs> like, like seriously. Well, can I can I submit can I submit a defense, please, to the black delegation? Yes. You get a pass when it's a Karen haircut. God As a black person. God damn you know? that's strong. God damn that's strong. This is what I'm talking about when I'm talking about Charles Holmes. <laughs> <laughs> like when I'm talking about Charles Holmes, when people talk to me, they go, man, what's Charles like? I'm like, he's fucking brilliant. That's what I'm talking about. Because I didn't think there was any way you could get that out of fire. <laughs> God damn that strong. Because you know, because here's the thing, as my time as a waiter, like I knew if you had the carry here, a fucking problem. I'm like, bro, all right. Like I would just like a I'd be like, problem. all right. <laughs> I knew the haircuts that was gonna be cool. If two white people came in there with dreads, I was gonna make some friends. Hell yeah. They had just come from Costa Rica. You know what I'm saying? Mm. They was gonna tell me all about it. It was gonna be whatever the money money might be. They had a lot of money, but it was probably like a little dingy. But if you came in there with one of them haircuts and you dressed up, you just came from your daughter's recital, I'm having a bad night. All right. Um, <laughs> villain Corner. We've talked a little bit about Kang. I think we all agree that it was a fantastic performance performance <laughs> by Jonathan Majors. So let's go. Likes, dislikes about the, the portrayal of Kang by Jonathan Majors. We talked a little bit about it, but anybody can get off anytime they want. I wish I, I had more, man. Wish we had more. He's Same. only in the second half of the movie, and he's menacing. He's scared. Like that scene where he's with Cassie and Scott in the prison hold. He's like, "Hey, player, I'm. I'll kill. I'll kill her. <laughs> you, you like run this heist for me, my boy. She's gone." And he's like, literally, like you know, you know, choking her out. And I was like, "Oh snap!" But like he, he's not like. I love that. I love the the energy. You know. It's just, I wish we had got more of it in the film. Wish they hadn't spent the first hour going like, him, he's coming. Beware of him. He's, he's everywhere. I wish we would have just seen him. I, <sighs> can I just also say this? Like, 
there were some lines Kang was cooking. He's like, yo, time is a prison. And I'm like, all right, boy, we about to see some shit. And he was talking about how, like, yo, these people sent me down to this prison. And I'm like, everything Kang's saying now would have been way more interesting to see on screen than all of the bullshit of them trying to repair shit and blah, 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 blah. Like, I just wanted... I know we are, we're going to get Kang Dynasty. I think my issue with Kang was I'm just like, he's so interesting. Whenever we would go back to, like, fucking Bill, Bill Murray or everything else, it just felt like wasted space. Yeah? I, I, would, I would agree with that. I think the key standouts from Jonathan Major's performance was actually him in his early days interacting with Janet because... The, the illusion of him being like either a friend or a comrade for Janet hopefully getting out and that turn that he gives to Janet where like Kang is who I need to be. This is what I have to do in order to save who I need to save. Everything that Jonathan Majors does with his face, his tone, his like delivery of every word that he's saying is a cut above like 99% of anything we've ever seen in the MCU. And that's really something that we could definitely rest our shoulders on for the rest of this phase five. Like, I'm so confident in what Kang is going to bring to us in the future. And it's really all on display here. I, I do wish that we had more of it. I really do. That scene where he, he's like, Janet touches the, the drive and sees Kang's vision. And, you know, she gets all scared and she's like, if I let you go, what are you going to do? And he turns his head to the front and says, when I was locked in, give me, that's my yeah. man. Right Cause there. he knew, he knew, he knew that was fire. Bro. So, so here's fire. the thing. Here's the thing. And there's a fine line with the Kang situation. Um, because I don't think this movie served as the Kang origin story that I thought it would serve as. Yeah. Fair. Kang materialized. We understood that he was bad doing bad things. And then if, he was able to escape, he would do bad things. And then he was killed by ants. Gotta put that in there. Killed by ants. Killed uh-huh. by ants. Okay. And then we get Immortus, Ramatut, cutscene we'll talk about later. Immortus, Ramatut, and either Iron Lad or Kid Immortus. Not sure. Um, but there's a fine line there <coughs> to where if you're going to do a... Would you guys have rather that the film have been longer? Because if you... So there's the film is attempting to give you a, a family story about Scott Lang's acceptance of, of Cassie as a superhero. It's attempting to give you that, right? It's also attempting to give you a brand new world that will set the stage for the rules of some of the conflict we'll see in, in, in Phase 5. And that's kind of the quantum realm and the ability to move throughout universes and what is the quantum realm, where is the quantum realm, situation like that. And it's also attempting to um, get you familiarized with the big bad, which is King the Conqueror. And at the same time, on a smaller level, it's attempting to build some sort of rapport between um, Janet and her mom. Okay. Uh, Excuse me. Hope in her mom. Yeah. Um, Hope in her mom. So, which part of the film would you have been willing to sacrifice to put more Kang in there? Because at this point, we still don't know why Kang is doing what he's doing. We don't. 
No I'm motivation, assu- yeah. I'm assuming that, and that's okay, right? I'm assuming, because we didn't learn why Thanos was doing what he was doing until Infinity War. But to be fair, but to be fair, because we don't know Kang's motivation, he's the main villain in a way that Thanos was never the main villain. That's fair, too. Until we got to Infinity War. So you didn't really need to know. This whole movie, I'm just like, wait, why is this... Why is this King the Conqueror? Why does he think time is a prison? Why does he keep saying, I think of time differently? Like, what about him and his childhood makes him so different from the other Kangs? And that's that a, was what I was confused about. And that's a tough thing to do with a character like Kang because there are so many different versions of him and there are so many different slight tweaks that you can give Kang with every single different type of iteration that he can change his motivation entirely the next time we see him. And it would still technically make sense. If we want to bring it to the end of Loki season one, that ultimately acted as a sort of like template placer for what Kang is going to be. And because when we see he who remains kind of like laying out the concept of what Kang can be, that there is just infinite numbers of me that all are trying to fight this one war that is like going to kind of end all timelines to make one that kind of lays the groundwork for being, okay, I can be anything that is infinitely dangerous. So in order to establish the stakes in what an Ant-Man movie can be, you kind of need to make the one sole motivator of what this first Kang Prime, will call him, should be, regardless of whether or not he accomplishes his mission. Because once we get to what our first post credit scene will be, we kind of need to understand what should be going on there. Because if you're setting the goalpost for that far off into Kang Dynasty, there's got to be something that we can kind of latch on to other than, okay, this one guy died that looks like all these other guys, and we'll see them later. So I'll ask a question then. We all agree that Jonathan Majors, the performance itself was stellar, spectacular. Yeah. Yep. Was the character of Kang not the performance by the actor. Was the character of Kang executed the way you would have wanted to have been executed? Was the did Kang totally work in this movie? I don't think so. I think I think visually he did, acting wise he did. I think narratively as a character, there wasn't enough there. I honestly, by the end of it, it was like, I kind of just wish this was a Kang movie almost. <laughs> if I'm being real. Now, Van, you said this I th- when we when he got off the theater. Like, this might have been the wrong property to introduce him in. Oh, I, you know? I, I completely agree. And I thought, and that's what that's the fact that they were introducing him in this movie is literally seventy percent of my intrigue for the film. Would he have worked more in a Fantastic Four movie? Absolutely. <laughs> Well, I mean, the, uh, uh, yeah, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, Charles. Yeah. Uh, I'm just yes. asking. Sorry, I didn't know it was an obvious question. Yeah, you know what I mean? But that's obviously, you know, you know I mean, that's far away. Yeah. And, uh, Wait, can I put on my tinfoil hat really quick? Because I, think- but, with, but you know, the with the quantum realm that does introduce that's what Kang fucking has his king. You know, so it, there, there is canon for it, but maybe this a little bit hidden above Ant Man's. You know, here's the thing. Let me put on my tinfoil hat. Let's go back to the comics. Maybe the motivation for this king in this, if we go back to the comics, Cassie, an Iron Lad who was a younger version of Kang, 
have a little bit of a romance, okay? Do you think that Kang the Conqueror, a young Jonathan Majors, came home with Scott Lang in his universe, and Scott was just like, yo, don't bring me, okay. you know? Let me tell you straight up. <laughs> if they have Jonathan Majors, with this movie not, okay. No, we're not doing that. Like, like, okay. We just cast Superman like this. Why yeah, are we like, doing? We, like yeah. you know what I'm saying? Come on, man. Like they, they, they you know, maybe if they, maybe if they recast, go get, grab somebody off Grownish or something like that. But they're not gonna de-age Jonathan Majors and have him making eyes at Cassie. That's not, that's not gonna work. I'm just saying, maybe a younger version of him in his timeline. Maybe Scott was just like, I don't want you, you know. Nah, dog, you got to think about the red states, bro. <laughs> <laughs> they're not going for that, bro. They're not going for that. And plus, why is Cassie so into black dudes anyways? Because she went to jail a couple of times. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Times. Three times. You know what I'm saying? First of all, let's talk about that. Cassie's been to jail three times, man. See, this is the problem with I I this is how when y'all talk about old man van. This is old man van. I just think about movies where a kid, a child has gone to jail three different times. That's a wayward youth. I don't give a fuck what y'all talking Excuse about. Excuse you, Van. That's a way, I don't care why she went to jail. They were going to, you know, get the homeless out of there. Bruh. Right? And so she was standing up for the people of poverty in the city of San bruh, Francisco. I, it don't matter. It don't matter, bruh. If, if that was, if that was not Kathy, Cassie, if that was Casalina, Cathina, like Taquincia, three times in jail. She going to San Quentin. Can you imagine? Can you you imagine if if Patriot, if Patriot was trying to shrink a cop car, they killed that motherfucker. (laughs) Out of here, bro. Like, like Patriot in there living with his granddad, put Isaiah Bradley (laughs) down. Like, look, I'm going to Black Lives Matter three different times, three different times, man. They would have like, reopened Alcatraz for bro, him. Bro, they busting Patriot out of jail at the beginning of the Young Avengers movie. Because like Cassie's a wayward you. And, and right? also the white, I got to be real, white families are different because they're just like laughing at dinner. They're just like, <laughs> oh yeah, pizza. she's been to jail three times. <laughs> I'm like, what the jail. fuck? No, bro, she's literally, if, if this was like, she'd be on Maury Povich. Kids <laughs> gone wild talking to that that. That drill sergeant guy. Like, oh. it's, Cass- it's Cassie. I don't give a fuck. Let, fuck I, y'all. As you walking out there to the people, I fuck you guys. Fuck you. Let me, guys, let me pitch you on this. Would you have liked Cassie in this movie better if she was played by a uh, bad baby? Oh, my God. Stop. <laughs> no way. That, what? That, right. That's That's a out the fucking, theater. Fantastic idea. Don't I don't give a fuck like Cassie, like Cassie, but that would make a lot more sense. That opens up the door to the Iron Lad situation, honestly. You know okay. What I'm <laughs> okay. Let's, move, let's, let's move on. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Just because you wrestle alligators for a living doesn't mean you should have the skin of one. 
Say goodbye to dry and cracked skin with Old Spice Super Hydration Body Wash with Vitamin B3. Made for 24-7 renewing moisturization with daily use. With sense of vanilla and shea, people will think you've taken up candle making as one of your hobbies. And there is nothing wrong with that. Old Spice Super Hydration Body Wash. Shop Old Spice now. All right, Modoc. I heard yeah. from somebody who I really, really trust on these things. Uh, who's a genius in this field. And they told me that Modoc didn't really work. I really enjoyed Modoc. <laughs> I thought Modoc was weird. Y'all are fucking off tripping, kilter. Bro. I thought Modoc was fucking crazy and absurd. And I dug it, bro. Charles, you weren't fucking with Modoc? Y'all weren't fucking uh, with it? It wasn't that. Here's the thing. I thought it was creative. Like, you know, seeing Stoll come back. The yellow jacket tie. And I was like, oh, this is really, really smart. But I could not get past. I'm just like, Modoc, bro, what the fuck was I looking at, man? Like, what are we doing, bro? Like, bro, come on. We couldn't open the budgets, Vikings? Were you bothered by the Modoc ass, Charles? No, the Modoc ass was funny. That was funny. I did laugh. But like, you gotta, you gotta be real. This was the moment where I'm just like, all right, Modoc, this ain't working. Kang and him in this movie, like different movies. What where Cassie's just like, you're a dick. And Modoc's like, I am a dick. And then five minutes later, he's like, I don't want to be a dick anymore. I was like, what the fuck are we not doing? Charles, you're, you're doing this all wrong. You're making the mistake of taking Modoc seriously. And you never need to take Modoc seriously. It's not Come that on. I wanted to take him seriously. It has to be funny. And some of the Modoc jokes are funny. And at other points, I was just like, bruh. Like, it doesn't need to be some- funny. Just look at him. He's a giant floating baby head. Like, I don't, don't think the jokes, that wasn't really the jokes. Every time he was on screen, I, I, I chuckled. Bro. That's <laughs> just so, that's just so To me, he was part of the total so problem. Where it's just like, seeing that performance, if it was just Modoc, I could like, I could vibe with it. But seeing Modoc next to Kang, I'm like, you guys are in different movies. Like, come that's on. That's true. It yeah, is funny but, when he flicked him across the room. He's like, don't speak when I'm in the room. Yeah, That's like when funny. Jonathan Majors is like saying that shit to him, I'm just like, bro, he's saying this to a big baby head. Like, what are we doing? <laughs> but, but, but isn't that a trope, though, that we always come back to? Very serious villain, like kind of a court jester lackey underling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've yeah. seen that before. That's not Yeah, but the court chick, jester lackey gotta look, gotta look good, bro. It can't have the She-Hulk budget. You feel me? Nah, man. No, they just they I, just put a wide lens on his face and they just blew it up. That's it. I I honestly I don't think we were ever gonna be happy with the way it looks, bro. It's Modoc, man. Like I guess you could have like put the hair on him and you know made him more grizzled in the face, but maybe there's some kind of weird uncanny valley with that. Honestly, what we got was great. I loved, I loved it. it. I, I loved will it say too. that I can't. when he does die. <laughs> That was the funniest shit when he was just like, I'm an Avenger. And like, Scott is like, he doesn't have a heart to tell this dying man. Like, come on. <laughs> now, here's my question. I, I got a question. I was asking this about Joey before we started recording. Is Ant-Man allowed to give the Avengers cosign here? Hell no. Hell he's no. a bench warmer. <laughs> Actually, uh, no. I, I don't think, no, that anyone, no, I don't think, I don't no. think that anyone can make you an Avenger. Uh, uh, adventure. I don't think anyone can make you an Avenger besides uh, Captain Tony. That's ex- exactly what I said, Dan. I don't think... I, exactly I think, what whoa, I said. Whoa, whoa, whoa. That's not fair. That's not fair. You were telling me that Thor can't make you an Avenger. No. No. Not to me. But here's no. the thing. But here's in, this, the thing in this new incarnation, he's the only one left. But check but, this out. I, I mean, he's an OG... But I don't think... I think it's I think, Cap and Tony that can make you an Avengers. Anybody else... 
I don't think they can just make you an Avenger like that. I said the same thing, Van, but then I thought about it. And in Age of Ultron, Hawkeye tells Scarlet Witch, if you walk out the door right now, you're an Avenger. Yeah, I think what right. he meant that was, was that bullshit you're... then and it's bullshit now. <clears throat> well, I mean, to be honest, that's a really good point. But I, what I think he what he meant is that you're fighting with us. And if you're fighting with us, I can't look after you. Like what I, what I think he meant by that, and I could just be splitting hairs here, and Jomi, that's a really good point. But he goes, I think he meant, look, because what he says to her, he says, like, I can send your brother by here and your brother can look after you, like, right? And he I, he can, you know, get you out of here. Because if you walk out of that door, you're an Avenger. And I remember he told her, he says, I'm doing this because this is my job. So if you walk if you walk out of this door and you're fighting with us, we can't fucking carry you through this fight. You got to get busy. So I think that's what that that's what he meant. A pep talk more, more of anything else. Yeah, I think when... Like Iron Man, well, when Spider Man looked, when Iron Man looked at Spider Man and he went, "You are now an Avenger." I don't know. Maybe it's the same thing. Maybe I'm wrong. I mean, Joe made a good point. Wait, so good- let me. This is an interesting question now. Who in the universe now? Now that Cap and Tony are no longer there, who are the two people that we deem worthy of minting Avengers? Steve and I talked about this also. Is this, is it the new Captain America? It's the new Captain Hell America. No. <laughs> Not, it's gotta nigga, be, Anthony Mackie can't tell no And that's part of the problem, right? That's part of the problem. I mean, that's that is when part of the problem. That's when Kang and Kang Dynasty, and he's like, hey, can I get uh, She-Hulk? Let me get uh, Shang-Chi. It's looking a little... Uh, you want to know who I think, honestly, it is? I think, I think I'm being an asshole. I do think Cap, he inherited it. Like, Steve said, I trust you. So, technically, it is... It is Falcon Cap. No, it's no technically. He's Captain America. Yeah, we're, he, being, like, we're, we're being so toxic right now. Like, I, I say that we all get a transgression, to be is honest. It, no, we all deserve it. Like, like, we, this we're crap so the barrel toxic. mentality. Yeah, people like, just he don't is, want to see him shine. He is Captain America. <laughs> Fuck it. All right. So, <laughs> but the second one, the second one, if I'm being honest, would have to be Peter. Because I that was Iron Man's, like, next up. That was his boy. I think huh. it has I to be I can see Peter. that. Yeah, I except that. nobody be- knows who Peter is right now. So, yeah, that's that's the issue. But I think Peter was if it's Falcon for Cap. I think for Iron Man, it was Spidey. Spidey's the only other person who'd be like, "All right, you're an Avenger now." Yeah, who else? There's really oh Banner, no, maybe huh? Thor, maybe. but Thor is off in his own thing. He's yeah, not like, like yeah, he can't. He's not really on the team. He's like not that. tapped I'm in. Gonna be, I'm gonna be real. Thor don't be around enough. Like Thor comes in when there's really big situations, but if we th- Thor. You know, it's a, lot, a lot of stuff that happened and Thor was gone. I guess you could say that about Hulk, too. Interesting little tangent there. I liked it. Yeah. Um, uh, as far as MODOK, to me, the question we have in the in the rundown here is, is this hilarious, ridiculous, stupid, or all of the above? It's all of the above. And it's all, I like all of the above, yeah. Mo- yes. Mo- MODOK's death scene was great. So amazing. <laughs> You're I can't like believe, a brother to me. <laughs> yeah. I can't believe they had the ball. He had literally been a good guy for maybe five minutes. Yeah. Like beyond he just that, he shoved was, his face in Kang's face. <laughs> like, ah! yeah, he's been a good guy for five minutes. Okay, legitimately, some of the funniest stuff uh, in the in the film, and like when he dies, and Paul Rudd just like, hey, it's been a long day, man. <laughs> a lot has happened. happened today. A lot has happened today. It's just great. It's so great. Quantum Realm, maybe amongst the most fantastical, different, unique settings that we've seen in an MCU product. Did it work, Charles? No. Uh, I, I see what they were going for. <laughs> I'll be honest. But I think in a post-Andor world, 
it's like, I don't give a fuck what the freedom fighters were fighting for because they didn't have enough time. I just wasn't emotionally invested with them. When they started dying, I was like, who the fuck cares? It, I, I just do think that the quantum realm visually, they're like, look at all this cool shit. There's a dude with broccoli for head. And I'm like, all right, word. But they didn't make me care about the world enough. And I'm going to be honest, it was CGI soup. Like, I was looking at the scene sometimes. I'm like, what am I looking at? Like, what's, what's going on? I wish they were in the real world, if I'm going to be honest. It's also, like, difficult. Like, this was my biggest thing with the original Ant-Man versus this. You can kind of understand scale. You can understand, like, there's, like, a real-world tan- tangibility when, like, he's holding onto the grooves of a record as it's spinning to, yeah. like, get its speed right. Where, like, okay, he's just, like, really, really tiny in this tiny world, but he's normal size. But then when he's really big, he's still just really tiny because he's in the quantum realm. Like, that doesn't really... It's a weird scaling thing that just like always kind of took me out of it where I'm just like, oh, he's just in like a tiny world. So couldn't he just like get big and small again, infinitely small? Like that's just the weird comic book logic that bugged me quite a bit from this one. And also just like we didn't care that much about the characters inside of this world. Yeah, I mean, that's a big one for me. The um, I honestly can't remember their names. You know, as soon as I left the theater, you'd have been like, oh, I, care the I, I, care, I care about the, the guy that holes, wanted, William Jackson Harper I feel like and the, the lady guy that spear. wanted holes. The guy that wanted holes to me wore my heart by the end. It was, kind was of, cute. It was yeah, cute. I, I like I like cuteness. But I wasn't really messing with him. And the thing that, the thing about this movie, <laughs> just let me be real. The thing about this movie that I miss in, in, in Steve, like you talk about like the scaling of, of the stuff. I miss Ant-Man being small. And small things being really big, like I know it's like relation, a dumb, it's like a dumb thing dumb, to complain like, about. But I'm just right. like, I like, like remember when he's in the tub and like like the huge waves coming the, in, like in the first whole, one when the train is Thomas the Tank Engine is yeah. coming and it hits him and it falls. I miss those type of jokes. See, and th- and this is and this is a really interesting um, critique and something that they were probably probably not anticipating people caring about because this was Ant-Man's graduation movie. This was probably supposed to be a movie where Ant-Man doesn't rely on some of the old things that we saw about the character and that we see him in a grander scale, right? Up against uh, an all-time baddie in a brand new world where we were supposed to get a different view and a different perspective of the character. And I feel like what you guys are saying was they didn't give you enough grandiosity for you not to want the same things out of the character that you had seen before. So they didn't really succeed in, in, in switching that for you a little bit. Go, going that- off that, do you also think part of the tonal problem is that like the first Ant-Man movie is a heist movie where there was it almost seemed like they shoehorned in this where they're like, all right, now it's time for Ant-Man to basically steal the the multiversal engine from blah, 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 blah. And it just felt, and I had a moment where I'm like, oh yeah, Ant-Man is supposed to be like a burglar who was really good at like getting things, but it just felt tacked on. And I I almost missed Ant, I missed the Ocean Eleven's aspect of Ant-Man well, not really being a hero. I mean, I, you know what I, I missed the most? I, I, what? I missed Luis the most. Hell yeah. Yeah, I mean, you guys, you know, fuck Luis, man, at the end of the day. <laughs> what do you have against Joy? <laughs> it's, it's, it's not, it's How not, dare it, you? it's not, you, 
let let it go, niggas. Like you guys, we're talking about. We can't be that. We we can't be that connected to Luis that we can't move on. Let, let this motherfucker live for a second. He'll be back, maybe. I like Luis. I like the whole fucking wacky crew. We on some different shit right now. Can we stay on our different shit with Luis? Luis is probably somewhere. He glad. You think Luis wanted to be in the in, in the quantum realm? He'd have been shitting his pants. I think that would have been, been hilarious if he it got into the quantum been such realm. Such a better movie. If if Luis just like walked in and he's like, "Hey guys, I, I brought some stuff for dinner," and he got sucked into the quantum realm too. Imagine if Luis had to go against Kang. That shit would have been hilarious. Oh bro. my god! And then he ju- and then he leads the Freedom Fighters. Ant Ant Man Quantum Mania: The Death of Luis. No, actually, <laughs> that him leading Freedom Fighters would have been funny. But th- this is what I'll say: it, there is a something else that they attempted to do in the film. And that was make this movie about a family coming together. Because when we first see them, when we first see them, there's so much that they don't really know about one another, right? Scott is unaware of uh of what Cassie and them are doing down in the basement. Okay. Fuck, it doesn't seem like Janet's that aware of it either. Uh Janet hasn't really talked to hope about everything that's gone on in the quantum realm. The movie, there's some subtext in the movie where this is a family that kind of really gets to know each other through this experience. And they're a wholer family at the end of the experience. The problem is that part of the movie doesn't really work. Like there wasn't enough groundwork laid down for that part of the movie to have worked. You had to have had a much stronger script and much more or much bigger, should I say, stakes uh, in terms of the family dynamic of this to have worked. It kind of didn't work, that part of it. Was, That's what they were going movie, for. Was it movie missing a first act? Like, what you're saying is, like, I thought the first act of, like, it's going to be a family movie should have been what you're talking about, Van, which is just, like, you learn well, about Cassie, you learn about all of them, and where they're at in life. If you're if you're coming in at two oh six, you don't have time. That's what I was going to ask. Yeah, right. If you're coming in at two oh six, you don't have time. You like you you like you, and the, the relationship between Scott and Cassie was <clears throat> interesting, almost weird in a way. It was weird because there was enough tenderness to where. They, it, I couldn't tell whether or not they were getting along or whether or not they weren't getting along or they didn't want to make a decision about Scott and Cassie's relationship to me. It was like, oh, you know, there's some things he doesn't know about her and some things that she does that he doesn't like, but things are still cool. They still joke around and have a... If this would have been a, really about a man reconnecting and finding his daughter, they'd have had to go a little bit deeper with the schism between them. And I just don't know that they have much there to, to, to kind of work with, you know? I think I think part of it was time, right? It's a two-hour, three-minute film. You know, there's only so much you can do with all the all the things that they were trying to accomplish in this movie. You know, maybe if it's 220, 225, we get a little more of, of Cassie and, and Scott and hopefully a little more Kang. But to I think to Van's point, their chasm would have to have been deeper, just like in terms of bridging it to make you feel like it was overall like something that was really meaningful and special. It's like, yeah, I just think with the time that they had, it wasn't 
like they only spent like what five minutes, maybe like ten minutes total up in the real world, Big right? Like we're like seven minutes. They're like into the quantum realm where the movie starts. Like there's no time, and even the time that time. they do spend in the real world, it's not it's not serious movie making at all. No, he's reading his book. He's getting out of prison. They have dinner, and boom, they're in the quantum realm. Like that was it. That that's that's the beginning of the film. So I want to talk about the Freedom Fires. I want to talk about Bill Murray. Mm. You, you give me a trailer. Let me tell you who Bill Murray is to me. Who Bill Murray is to me is an automatic green light to have a good time. I haven't had a good time with Bill Murray and Lost in Translation. And that's not like what you would call a fun movie. But it's Bill Murray. He's just a, this, he's a bounce. He's a human bounce house. <laughs> you just, it, it, seriously, he's just fun. Fun. We're going to have fun. We're going to laugh. We're going to get a little chuckle in. It's the whole thing. You know what I mean? Uh, I feel like this movie did a bait and switch with, to me with Bill, Bill Murray a little bit. Not that he wasn't fun. He was, but there's like nothing to do there. It's, it, it was a nothing. They it, was a had, it felt like a stunt. I was like, you got Bill it, Murray and this is what y'all have him doing? Like, yeah. what? Yeah, I thought Bill Murray was going to be in the MCU. It's kind of it a little bit of stunt casting to throw something in the trailer and make us think that the movie was a little bit bigger than what it is. And I think Marvel is kind of having a, there's a little habit that they're getting into of being able to sell these movies, but not make them. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, I, I, I don't mean, once again, I thought this movie was fine. I liked it. But there is a little bit of blowing smoke up a motherfucker's ass that kind of like went, went into this. What do you guys think about Bill Murray in this? Definitely. I, think, I, was, I mean, I think oh, I definitely knew he was me? ops. I thought I knew he was ops. Uh as soon as he rolled up when he when he corrected her, he was like, it's actually Lord now. I was like, oh yeah, this dude, he's he's a D-bag for sure. Um, but in terms of him being in the movie, I mean, I didn't think Bill Murray was gonna be stuck here for the long run. You know, he literally it looked like he was on set for what, two days, max? I mean, like they get that big octopus to get him out of there. You know, I don't know if Bill Murray's long for the MCU. So him not being around for longer didn't really affect me. But, they, you know, this is what they do. They get Glenn Close was in an MCU movie one time. You know, like this is what one time she was in Guardians 1. And I was like, oh, man, that's really Glenn Close. That's that's nuts. And then she just never shut up again. You know, we she's definitely dead because they went because uh, Thanos went crazy on Xandar. But. It's that's what the MC does. You take, you know, big time actors, you put them in a little funny uh, outfit and you make them say funny things and then you kill them off. And then it's cool. Look, kids, I was in an MCU movie. Look at me. But here's the thing. When you do it with Bo Murray, I was like, if that was it, I'm like, okay. but you had Cheedy from Good Place in this movie. I'm like, y'all couldn't have given my man William Jackson Harper a little bit more of a room to cook. Like you just have to make him. There goes there just there goes our Reed Richards casting for him. So. Again, yeah, y'all. It's a lot of it's a lot of y'all. It's a lot of a lot of collective y'alls. Y'all told, I say y'all it was Reed Richards. Me, y'all told me he was Reed Richards. Y'all lied. <laughs> <laughs> like y'all, everybody. He showed up in the movie. I'm looking at him. I'm like, I don't, I don't think he in a Fantastic Four, bro. Go off on a limb. I'm gonna be real with you. I don't think he's in the Fantastic Four, bro. Y'all lied every time. We talk about Reed Richards. It's a lie. I guess I guess Krasinski ended up not being a lie, sort of in a way. Technically, but technically, we don't know if he's of, actually going to be our. Uh, 
He won't. Or, or Ree Richards, you know? So. It's going to be, they're going to they gonna do something crazy. They, they always do something crazy. It's going to be like Steve Buscemi. <laughs> I'm about to say, they're going to cast Charles. Charles, they're going <laughs> to get you a little, they're going to put you gray on the sides, my boy. They gonna, you know? Man, I already got grays in my hair. Like, I was combing my beard, man. Fuck. Wow. He's getting bad. Like old man Charles, I'm so happy. This is one of the best days of my wow. life. Wow, I'm so glad that that just happened to you. By the way, just to let y'all know, that's is how that's how this is gonna go. You guys are on my ass so much about about being old. All of y'all, all is about to happen to all of y'all. Steve gonna be complaining about his sore knees pretty soon. Oh, I've got bad knees. I'm there. I'm there. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. My goddaughter is in high school, and I told her when I was in high school, and she was like, she tried to comfort me. She's like, it wasn't that long ago, and I was like, God damn. damn. I was like, bruh. Woo. All right, let's talk about the post. Let's talk about the post credits right now. I'm just gonna read this because this is well written. Given that this version of Kane is the post of in this movie, do you think it was a missed opportunity to introduce him in a more high-stakes fashion, possibly in a different MCU entry. We've kind of touched on this, but I do want to talk about the fact that this Kang, the Kang that we got, has come and gone, and Marvel is, you know, we joke about Kang being 0-2, but it's something to be said about the fact that we're giving, we're being given versions of Kang, and at, as soon as we get these versions of Kang, these variants of Kang, they snatch them away, and go, you haven't met the real guy yet. Okay? This has happened twice. It might happen again in Loki because we got Victor Timely in, the, in another post-credit scene. Okay, so this has happened twice. Do you guys feel like they're not sure how they're going to do this yet? Probably not true. Or is this setting him up to be a much bigger threat than any villain we've had in Marvel before? What do you feel about this be- this big bad, this character of Kang the Conqueror? Not- do we even know Kang the Conqueror still after we've seen him? I'll say with this, I think that I'm really, really worried about Kang Dynasty and Secret Wars from just the part of like, I think I'm multiversed out in terms of Hollywood in general. And part of me is a little bit scared with the like, oh, that's not the real Kang. Oh, it's a variant. Oh, because it's starting to feel like that was a dream, and that was a dream, and this never mattered. And this, and it's like, bro, can we just, just give me Kang? Like, please, like, I wanted, when they killed off this version of Kang, I'm like, whoa, 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 y'all got too much chip on your chip. Bring, bring the Conqueror back. I want to see more of him. I, I ended this movie being like, this seems like a wasted opportunity uh, if you're going to kill him off. That's, and I think the, the, we'll talk about the Loki post credits in a minute, but as far as our, like, understanding of how to sell Kang to the masses and make him that prime level threat. I think anybody that's actually absorbed Loki season one has a pretty actually good understanding of what Kang can be. And when we see Victor Timely, as opposed to like the council of Kangs, they're like, okay, so this is the like Victor Timely. That's going to be the, like one of the oldest versions of Kang that we could possibly bring on our side because he's not even influenced by time yet. He's this and this and that. When we see an infinite number of Kangs that to the untrained eye just look like, okay, this one's got a funny hat. This one's got a beard. This one looks like Jax from Mortal Kombat. Like, it doesn't matter who this guy looks like. It's just going to be like, oh, well, he's the guy that we fought in the quantum realm that Scott told us not to worry about, but he's here anyway. 
I, I fear that that's going to be how they ultimately sum up who Kang is rather than give us that download that we got in Loki because that was the ultimate like poetic nature of what Kang should be. So the thing with Victor Timely is that he is Kang Prime, right? Like he is the main version of Kang that had given the Avengers all the problems that they had, you know, beat eventually and he came back to uh, 1901 AD. So maybe that version of Kang is actually, you know, the main Kang that we'll get throughout the MCU. I mean, I'm just, just spitballing here from, you know, comic history and stuff, but maybe these first two Kangs were like, you know, little appetizers, little something to like introduce the character. And now we might get our first meat potatoes, actual longstanding Kang villain in Victor Timely in Loki season two. <clears throat> but right now, you know, there's been a lot of ballyhoo, a lot of talk about who Kang is as a character. You guys feel satisfied with the portrayal of the character as it exists right now? I do. I'm 100% okay. I love it. Every time it's something different, but it's still somehow men- menacing and intimidating, you know, with both performances. The first Kang, or he who remains, you know, it was like a little jolly theater thespian fella. And this guy was no nonsense. I will beat the brakes off you for no reason. But they still had the same essence of don't mess with this guy. And so I'm really enjoying what Jonathan Majors is doing so far as Kang. Really, really quickly, I just want to say, these movies got to get more creative. If we're doing the multiverse, bro, like y'all got it. Like, I'm sorry, that first post credit scene was a little weak. I'm like, y'all got infinite versions of Kang. Y'all can't show me any more like interesting versions than like Egyptian Kang. Like y'all can't give me Iron Lad. You know what I'm saying? Y'all can't give me... Something Iron, me. something Iron Lad was in it. Iron Lad was in it? So, this is the deal. So, you have Ramatut and Immortus. Yes. The other cane that was bald and had, like, the, the metal-type body, you're either looking at Kid Immortus or perhaps, maybe, that's their take on Iron Lad. If that's their take on so. Iron Lad, that's whack. Who else could it be? You know what I'm saying? Me and our friend uh, Jason Concepcion were talking about this. And I don't think that it was Iron Lad, but maybe it was, you know? Or some version of Iron Lad. Who knows? What do you think? Well, I don't know if that was Iron Lad, but I kind of, I, I just wished that first scene, I was just like, guys, this is the multiverse. Can we get a little bit more crazy with it? It's the same feeling I had about the pizza bites. It's the same feeling I had about the probability scene where they're like, anything can happen with Ant-Man. I'm like, can we see some different costumes here? Y'all telling me all these probabilities are the same Ant-Man and one Baskin-Robbins dude? I feel like it, they have, like, we've been, they've been teasing the multiverse for so long. And I'm just like, yo, we can get a little bit more comic book accurate. We can get a little bit more wacky. Y'all can show me more Kangs. I don't know. I, I felt the first post-credit scene left me wanting. The second one was cool, though. I got excited. So what, what what did you guys think about the first post credit scene? I thought it was cool to see Immortus and Ramatut. I wasn't expecting it. What what did you guys think? Yeah, seeing the Council of Kings was like nuts. I never thought I'd see that on on screen. So seeing uh, him pop out the shadows with the full Egyptian getup, I was like, oh man, that's we really here. We really here. I think to Charles's point, yeah, you know, you want to see a little more variation in the crowd, you know. But it was it was just cool knowing that the Council of Kings is really it's on the way. No, I, I I genuinely was thrilled to to know that they're going to go this crazy for Kang and the rest of this entry of Phase Five. To see that 
they're not afraid to put Jonathan Majors in crazy costumes and hats and wigs and everything to make every possible iteration of Kang as cool and unique as they can. This is going to be, this is a great sign. He was barking a little bit too much for me. I'm like, Majors, calm down. There's white folks in this audience. Like, God, relax. You know what I'm saying? I felt a little uncomfortable. I was like, man, come on. They were just going crazy. It's a bunch of different Kangs. Like, bro, look, it's got it's all kinds of different variants of Kang, bro. Not all of them are going to be on our side. You know, some of the variants of Kang, you're going to have all kinds of Kangs, bro. You're going you to have, have a, a Kang? We're going to have a MAGA Kang. Okay. All right, you we got it. What? What? I don't have any problem with the white. What, what, what can you say that? That's a word that people say. Bleep it. But let's, but, 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 but let people kind of bleep it. Bleep it. Bleep it, Steve. Bleep it. Bleep Black it. people, bleep I can it, say that word. Well, yeah, well, why, can't, why can't fucking Charles say that? Bleep it. Go I, ahead, bleep I never it. said that he couldn't. I was just like, you oh, got, boy. You got, up, buckle you, up. Got, <laughs> you got upset. You know what I mean? It's a lot of different kings. Not a high rate on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> Damn, they're they going at this way. They're going OD if we be a real. <laughs> 53%. Jesus Christ. As of this recording, it's second tough. Word, second Rotten score in MCU history. After the Dark World? Ant-Man, and then it's, yeah, Eternals at 47%. Jesus Christ, yeah. So, all right, there ain't much. no way this is the second worst MCU. Yeah. Come on. Like, ain't no. no way. Nah. But I do want to tell you guys something like, what does it say that both of these scores come from two more recent MCU entries? Um... I know. I have a theory. I mean, I don't want to put too much weight around Rotten Tomatoes. I really don't because I I think that that's more of a problem than it needs to be. But I think with the remnants of Phase 4's entries and the start of this, obviously there's a new gear here for Marvel that we're coming into where there's a large amount of product that they're pushing out. And some might say that it deters the overall quality of what we've gotten because we've gotten a new MCU thing, show or otherwise, seemingly once a month, once every two months, three months, for since the pandemic began. Um, and I think now we're kind of starting to see, like, all right, maybe if we pump the brakes and we take our time and we see what else we can do with all of this, maybe we'll have a bit more of a hand, firmer hand on the wheel here. Do I think that Ant-Man Quantumania is the worst MCU movie or the second worst MCU movie? Absolutely not. I think that this is probably the beginning of the slowing down of the MCU machine to focus on quality over quantity. So I got a quick question for you guys. What's the worst MCU Spider-Man film? The worst MCU Spider-Man film? Yeah. like The second one. Far, far From Home? Yeah. I, I'll be honest with you. I think they are all a tie. That ain't easy. Come on, man. I'll be real with that you. I think they, I, 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 I <laughs> the think first they are, one is good. <clears throat> well, well, no, 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 no. When I say they're all a tie, I'm not saying that they're all bad. I'm saying that all of those movies are exactly the same to me. Like they're all a tie. Like I don't think I, I don't think the the second one's the one Kalika likes the most. Like really? seriously, yeah, the second one. I I, I like it was great. I, I like that movie. Like that's the one Kalika likes the most. I think mm-hmm. they're all a tie. That's what I think. It's really funny because it's like looking at Rotten Tomatoes ranking of all the all the all the MCU movies. They have Far From Home at ten, and they've got Civil War at eleven, Winter Soldier at twelve, Doctor Strange at thirteen, 
Infinity War at 15. Right. They, so you know? Ant-Man and the Wasp is above Avengers Infinity War. Ant-Man yeah, and the like, Wasp has an 87%. Infinity War has an 85%. That's let's crazy. be serious. Yeah, let's be serious. Like, this, you know, these things, you know, we shouldn't put too much stock into them regardless of, you know, what the numbers say. And for this film, I think people have just had enough. You know, we I thought we got there with with um Doctor Strange Most of Madness and Thor Love and Thunder. But for whatever reason, I think people got re-energized with Kang. And when the movie, you know, didn't deliver hundred percent the way they thought it would, Kemo was like, nah, this is this no, they wasn't having it. Fifty-three? No, come on, like have some have some decency. Have some decorum. It's not that bad. But let me be fair, guys. Serious. We were great. I think at least critics, y'all know me. I think critics were grading the MCU on a curve pretty much until Endgame because we had never seen it before. We were watching history being made. So even when the movies were bad, nobody really wanted to admit it, but we're like, bruh, but like, come on. We've never seen this before. And now that we've seen it before, I think now we're coming to the mean a little bit more. We're like, critics are a little bit more willing to be like, actually, this one sucks. I don't know if it's the mean. I think it's like totally the other side where it was like, hey, you know, it was cool. Give it a, we'll give it a, you know, an eight or nine where it's like, hey, man, it was, it was cool. Give it a, give it a five. You know, they're like going, you know, swinging the pendulum a little too much to the other side, I believe. Um, it's not, I'm going to, I mean, you already know my agenda. It's Bob Kapchek's fault. You know, it's all, we can blame him for, for everything from phase four on, right? And, you know, once my man Iger get back in the wheel, you know what I'm saying? Once the real get back in the chair, we're going to be straight. No worries. So, so this is my thing. I think the 53 for this movie is incredibly important. And it's basically because of all of what you guys, basically because of all of what you guys are saying. I think this is has nothing to do with Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, as a movie itself. I think this is the beginning of a cultural revolt against the MCU. Mm. It's what happened to the MCU. It's what happens to all things that exist in this nature. It becomes a a cultural mainstay. You accept it, right? Take a take an artist like a Jay Z. You saying this is their kingdom come? Yes. <laughs> And let me tell you, and let me and let me tell you, and let me tell you, Magna Carta. And let me tell you why. Let me tell you why. If you rank Kingdom Come as an album in hip hop, it can't sound bad. There's too many talented people that were around making the album, right? It's too many great producers. Jay Z's a great rapper, all of this stuff. But if you put that within the scope of his career, what you're saying is that you won't accept that from him. That's what you're saying. You're saying, it's not that I won't accept this because there's so many people in hip-hop that are making things that are worse than this. What you start to say is, I won't accept that from you. I'm no longer, you've reached the point to where that is not acceptable from you. You have to do something more daring, more creative, more hardcore, or whatever. Took a little while for Jay to find his footing in terms of what that was going to be, if we're being honest. Nobody wants to talk about the period where hip-hop was kind of legislating whether or not they still liked Jay-Z. Everybody, that all gets washed over now. 
right? But American Gangster came out. That was great, but it was a concept album. The Blueprint 3 came out, and people were like, ah, I'm not sure. And then Jay, Jay really got people back with Watch the Throne. If, if, if you really, really want to remember it in the real way. Anyway, whatever. I mean, and I will argue just really quick. 444 was probably the time where he figured out how to make a solo J album as an old man. That is the thing, right? 444. Okay, cool. So what this is really, what this really signifies to me is that Marvel is out of goodwill. People are saying, we won't accept that's cool, but we're not going to accept that from y'all. If this is y'all now, it's whack to us. And people weren't really ready to make that statement uh, as much with Eternals. They weren't ready to make that statement as much with um, uh, Multiverse of Madness. They weren't ready to make that statement with Love and Thunder. They've been beaten almost, and with TV shows in there too, they've been beaten into saying no. They have been. They've been. You're not beaten. wrong. I'm not they, disagreeing. They, they've been beaten into. I liked this movie, and I think that this 53% is unfair. However, I understand it. I understand it because what you have are a bunch of people there saying we're just not going to accept this from you guys any anyway. We're not just going to donate money to Marvel anymore. Like whatever it is. Like I, I mean, look, we have to. You know what I mean? and But what I'm saying is you donate the money when you go see the movie and you lie about how good it was. You know we, what I'm saying? If we're going to be honest, we was lying a little bit. Like, like post-Endgame, I think everybody was giving Marvel the benefit of the doubt. Black Widow hits. Black Widow wasn't bad, but it wasn't it. Spider-Man was good. It delivered, but, you know, Multiverse of Madness, Eternal, Store Love and Thunder. I feel like everybody was like, nah, 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 but wait till Multiverse of Madness. This goes back to my rap analogy. When Blueprint 3 came out, I remember saying, no, you know, I didn't really like it that much. It was, I like it better now than I did then. But do you know how many diehard J fans were calling me a fucking hater? <laughs> Cause they were, cause they were like, y'all, you just, you just have something against it. I'm like, or this could be whoever that we're talking about. It doesn't have to be Jay. He's just the biggest guy. It could be Drake. It could be whomever. Hey, CLB comes out. I'm like, yo, this is not, this is not a very good album. This is, you know, it's, it's, it's cool music, but it's like not that big of a deal. So, like, oh, you just don't like that thing. Like, it's like people, they build up such goodwill that we can't accept when something is less than what we want it to be. But that little period of uninspired criticism and discussion only lasts for so long. You can push people out of that. And I think what we're starting to see here with the movie that's probably being unfairly maligned. I'm sorry, Jomi. Uh, but, but like, but that, that's, kind of, that's kind of happening here. What were you going to say, Joe? My, my question is, is it because it's an Ant-Man film versus... You know, we like Doctor Strange as a character. We love Thor as a character. I mean, Black Panther kind of forever had its own thing going on, right? Like, over the last few, few like, last year or so, we've been like, ah, oh, these movies ain't really, like, supposed to, but the Rotten Tomatoes and hasn't reflected it, although the discourse has dis- d- discussed the unevenness. Now, if this movie comes out, the first two Ant-Man films, you know, aren't super beloved, even though, like, 
on Rotten Tomatoes are not doing too bad. Like they're both like I think in like the mid uh like you know mid teens or whatever. So is it just like us, Ant Man, bro? Like you know, so we like Thor, we like our strange. We don't really fuck with Ant Man like that. So why would we come out here and give this thing, you know, a high score even with its mid? You know, does that have something to do with it? You think, or am I just tripping? My am I seeing some stuff there? I just think there? people are tired. I just think people are cranky. I think people are tired. I think people need a break. If it wasn't Ant Man, it would have been something else. If like, let's be honest. Like, let's say Ant Man. They didn't do it with Ant-Man. They would have done it with the Marvels. They probably will still do it with the Marvels. I just think people are tired. Mm. I'll be real. I don't even really want to see the Marvels. <laughs> I want to see the Marvels. I'm with Van, bro. I don't care. I, like, I really don't care. I want to see the Marvels. I want to see Kamala Khan shine on the, on the, on the big stage. Yes. I want to see her shine on the big thousand stage. thousand percent. You know. are, wait, Van, are we just being haters? Are we the only... Are we just real? Do you guys hate women? Wow. Can't believe you guys. Y'all ain't doing come that to here me. Say that. Y'all know, y'all hey, know man, that. Y'all can say whatever. The, y'all can say whatever. <laughs> I didn't really want to see this shit that much besides Kang. If they wouldn't have put Kang in this shit, I'd have been like, that's cool. It's, yeah, it's, then they put Modoc in it and you fell in love. Yeah. Yeah. Look, here's the thing with the. When I say I don't want to see the Marvels, this is what I mean. I was super excited to see Captain Marvel. Like, super excited to see it. And it was whack. <laughs> and there's nothing that's happened since then with any of these situations that that makes me excited. <laughs> I'm just to be honest with you. That makes me excited to go and see the next movie. There's nothing that happened in Miss Marvel. There's nothing that happened in one that makes me super excited to go see the next film. I'm going to see it. But it's not like I'm super, like I want to, I'm going to see it, you know? I Look, I don't really want to see Flash. I was really excited to see Flash, but all of the bullshit that's around uh, Ezra Miller, I don't know when they're going to break into a bank, like <laughs> do a bank heist. I fully, I fully expect to see them outside, like getting it on with the LAPD heat style. I don't know what's going to happen. And With so, that, can like, we get to the midnight beat? No, no, no. I'm just saying. So it's like there's a lot of things <laughs> that I, I really don't know what's going to happen with them. <clears throat> All right, midnight media rankings. Now that we've given our thoughts on the movie, it's time for each midnight boy to give Ant-Man, Quantumania, their personal score on the midnight meter. The midnight meter is a regular ranking of 1 through 10 with scores of 11 and 12 reserved for game-changing and iconic events in fandom. I'm going first. This is as solid a seven as I've ever given up. Really? This as, yep. This is as solid a seven as I've ever given up. I liked it. I didn't love it. It's not an eight because that would mean a strong like. It's not a nine because that's the beginning of love. And it's not a 10 because we know. I liked it. I didn't love it. I had fun. It wasn't perfect. It's as solid as seven. I'm telling you right now, at the end of the year in the re-ranking, I will not re-rank this movie. This movie okay. is a yeah, seven. Yeah, you're going to be wrong. This, this movie is a seven. I'm try- I promise you, this movie is a seven. This movie is a five. Like, this movie is <laughs> five. Oh, oh, Jesus Christ. Like, wow. wow. I, we are, I ain't getting to the end of the year having a re-rank shit. I'm standing on my shit. 
I'm no longer going to be influenced by the lamestream media. I'm I'm sitting like I'm standing on my word. This is a fucking five. All right, Charles DeSantis. Uh, hey, don't do that to me. I'm I'm a fan. I'm a fan. It's a seven. It's a good, solid seven. Enjoyable movie. Not perfect, Y'all but know. you won't leave the theater hating yourself. So definitely a good seven. I'm I'm with the rest of the majority here. This is a seven for me. I I was very close to give it a six, but we don't do point fives here. Um, And I think Jonathan Majors and some really incredible humor nudges it into the seven for me. Okay, so let's do it. A five from Charles, Mm -hmm. which everyone and their mother expected. Charles, I'll tell you something about yourself, brother. What? And this is with love. You're predictable. <laughs> wow. No, nah, because this is what I hate. No, we're going to look like we're, we're, when, when, when I'm nice, when I'm not coke, baby, when I'm just like no. nice, like, ah, oh, it was cool. Y'all, like, y'all, you being fake, but, Charles. Like, no, come we on. even know when you're going to be nice because some off the wall movies going to come out. <laughs> <laughs> like <laughs> Aquaman gonna come out. Like some the best the wall, movie ever seen. Some off the wall movies gonna come out. I mean, they're gonna. I don't know. They're gonna make Jimmy Olsen the movie, and the rest of us are gonna go see the movie. Like, what the fuck is going on? And Charles is gonna be like, that shit was fucking off the chain. I loved it. You know what I mean? And so, and so we all know. I'm just letting you know. No, but all right, but be real. But be real. <laughs> I'm the canary in the coal mine. Motherfuckers kill me. I'm like, yo, this shit whack. Everybody's like, shut the fuck up, Charles. Shut the fuck up. Six months later, you like, hey, yo, I gotta be real. That shit was kind of whack. Sometimes, sometimes, that's, I, I can't gotta be real. Sometimes that's true. But there are all movies here that we've drank the Kool-Aid on. <laughs> oh, I'll drink the Kool-Aid on some hey, movies. Hey, listen, I've had to, I've there's had to a lot of, lot of game left. Charles can <laughs> still very much drink the Kool-Aid on something this year. A lot of game oh, left. Oh, I've been bamboozled. Don't worry. I've been bamboozled, all right? I watched Spider-Man No Way Home. I was just like, yeah, this shit's fire. And then on that airplane ride back home, I was like, man, this shit ain't hitting like I thought it was. So, <laughs> right. <laughs> it happens. And by the way, the theater experience is very important for this because our theater was really having a good time with Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. It was. What I've heard is that people have gone to theaters with different critics or particularly at the premiere and that the movie didn't play as well. Our theater really, really had a good time with Ant-Man and the Watch Quantumania. And I'll have you guys know something else. That both Amanda Dobbins and Sean Fennessy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Sean (laughs) Fennessy liked this movie. Wild. Wildness. Amanda Dobbins said it wasn't the worst thing. We're talking about the real film people. We're Mm -hmm. talking about inside the actor's studio. Not even the actor's studio. It's inside the actor's studio. We're talking about some of the most educated and articulate film minds here at The Ringer which I consider the big picture to be definitely the grown-ups talking, okay? They liked it, so that means something. And I think that has to do with the fact that they were in the same screening that we were in, and for our audience, the movie played. All right, once again, we got three sevens, 
and a five from Charles. Charles, you want to stay with five? I'm being generous with the five. I'm staying on that. <laughs> this is the year of generous. honesty. Oh my God. And at the end, when we re-rank shit, I just want to know. We're going to calculate and we're going to see who changes and who doesn't. We're going to see. A, who's a real ranker and who's not. Okay. 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 <laughs> okay, Chuck Wagon. Who the real ranker at? Y'all ain't no real rankers. <laughs> real ranker. Y'all ain't no real rankers. Who the real... Y'all ain't no, no like, real steppers. Y'all ain't no real steppers. Here's the thing. This is what we're going to do. Because I'm glad. I'm all... You know, I'm always thinking about a bit. Bits. Bits. Bits just coming to my head. What we're going to do, and I need you guys to keep it real. Right? No, I can't say it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get with Steve and me and Steve are going to do it. Because oh. if I say it, it'll change everything. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Okay. If I I'll take a sidebar. It, if I say it, it'll change everything. Mm. And, and All I'll, right. Whatever. Okay. Uh, you guys, that's the first MC movie, MCU movie of the year down. Here in the Midnight Boys. I think we did a pretty good job, guys. Now, we got some films coming up here. What do we got in March? We got Shaz- she got Shazam. Shazam. Oh, we gotta see that? Damn. Fury we got of the- Mando. Fury of the Vaccine. We got Mando. <laughs> that's what it's called. They changed the name of the movie. They changed yeah, it. yeah, yeah, it's true. It's true. It's true. They changed the name. The name, the name of the movie is now Shazam. Fury of Pfizer. <laughs> Wait, the- do you think? Do you think the big bad of that's gonna be Kyrie? He's just gonna jump out, so <laughs> break up the no. break up the Shazam family. <laughs> Kyrie is on his side. No, he's going to be the yeah, summon. He's he going to be the summon. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Kyrie, Kyrie will be one of them. The, like, shit, the big bad of the movies is going to be a big syringe. Did you guys All hear right. the tagline? What? Moderna Times, Moderna Solutions? <laughs> All right. All wait, can right. You, wait, wait, but real quick, real quick. Could you imagine if Billy, if Billy Bassett, like, yell Shazam, and instead of turning the captain... Captain Marvel, he turns into Kyrie. That shit would be dope. That'd be hilarious. Oh, That'd be so dope. Out there dribbling <laughs> through people. They don't want to take the vaccine. It's his body. He doesn't want to take the vaccine. But to say that shit, when you, when you got a movie to promote, nuts. <laughs> nuts. This motherfucker want to move to Montana. He wants to have a ranch. He wants to get away from all of it. I, be, I just, I, the people at DC just can't be happy about some of these developments, man. Like the, the, DC has the worst luck. <laughs> I'm telling you, bro. I'm telling DC has the worst luck. It's not gonna stop. They're gonna keep doing it. Super Superman, Superboy, starring Chris Brown is coming. Why? Oh, right, okay. Right, uh, <laughs> uh, that's a wrap. Follow us on socials: Insta, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok. Save Jomi's job. He needs that Selena Seven. Don't forget, you can catch Van and Charles and Malin Joe. Van is me. Uh, Via their reactions and deep dives into The Last of Us on the Prestige TV podcast feed. That is a fantastic show that's going on. I'm going to watch it right after this. Um, It's cooking with grease. Jomi doesn't like it. Who said that? Who said that? Damn, Jomi. I did not say that. Nobody ever said that. I love The Last of Us. I'm enjoying it to to the rim of as much as I can, as long as it stops hurting my chest every episode. Make me cry. Uh, okay, on Monday, the House of R is going to give you their deep dive into Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. Guys got to listen to that because so much stuff that we probably missed that they're going to hit. First of all, we need to know who the third person in that uh, in that cutscene is. Was it Mortis, Scarlet Centurion? get to the bottom Iron of it. Man, Scarlet Centurion. Who is it? I'm not sure. We need to know. Okay. Um, no Midnight Boys next week as well this week. I hope you guys take the time to get well.
Man, you can you can record by yourself if you want. Nigga. You should go so you should do a solo pod. <laughs> Bruh. I'll come in here and call an ISO and just cook. But I would never podcast without the boys. Ever. That's what I'm talking about. I would That's never podcast without the boys. But I'm gonna come in here and do a podcast, but it's just gonna be for myself. Because this is all, <laughs> also, this Honestly, is. You should do the Howard the Duck pod. You should just do a Howard the Duck. I should walk. just do like, uh, I should just do a pod about some stuff that you guys don't care about. <laughs> like about the original Masters of the Universe movie. It's just like do a reaction pod to it and just do it for fun. Well, that's He-Man, Courtney Cox. Shut up, Steve. Um, next Friday, the House of R is going to give you their Mando watch list, favorite Mando moments pod. Cannot wait. So great. Everything is great. Credits, our producer, is uh, Steve, the architect, Almi. Jomi Adinaran on socials. Hashtag mechanized Jomi designed only for killing. <laughs> hey, that's good. Jomi, that's really good. It, Jomi would be Modoc. What? <laughs> so if we were if we were in this movie, Steve would be Ant-Man. Uh-huh. I would be Kang. <laughs> Jomi would be Modoc. Charles would be Cassie. Damn. What? What, what, what was that for? Wait, I'm just playing. Charles but would be really, Ram- if we're going to be Charles real. Would, Charles would be Ramatut. Charles would be Ramatut. Actually, Charles would be Kang, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I would be Ramatut, the old guy. <laughs> for the one that's, I would be go. Ramatut. But it should be mechanized Adeneron designed only for killing, because then you'd be Maddox. 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 Or Maddox. Maddox. Pretty deal. You should keep that. That should be your new Twitter handle. Maddox. Maddox. Actually, Charles, uh, Jam would change that. Maddox. Mechanize <laughs> a dinner on designed only for kids. That's dope, bro. <laughs> Joby, that's dope. Joby hates it. That's it. Maddox. You're Maddox. <laughs> your, new, your new intro in the thing is Joby Maddox a dinner on. That's it. That's perfect. <laughs> Charles is genius. All right, Charles, take us out, bro. Quantum Mania is a wrap. Some would say the midnight meter rankings were a little inflated. But at the end of the year, old Coke baby Chuck will be vindicated! (laughs) Okay, everybody stay recording, stay recording. Yes, I have. I have the Doctor Umar clip. Oh, yeah. we, can, we can all Play. listen to Luke to <laughs> yeah. right now. Play. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> no disrespect to the Mexican community. <laughs> you have a right to your own heroes, and Mexican children have a right to see their heroes in their own image. Oh, this butt is gonna hit I crazy. totally support the right of Mexican children to see heroes in oh, their man. own image. So respect to the Mexican community. With that being said, I did not take my children to see Black Panther 2 so they can watch Mexican superheroes <laughs> Whip the shit out of black superheroes. I'm a and I don't care if you don't like it. As far as I'm concerned, it was a total disgrace to watch a movie 
where everything <laughs> black children held sacred about the Wakandans was shown to be possessed by the underwater Mexicans. <laughs> Vibranium was supposed to be native to Wakanda, but Ryan Coogler and whoever else wrote that horrible screenplay gave the underwater Mexicans vibranium too and made them as strong as the Wakandans. Nah, man. Why would you build up Black Panther as strongly as you did in the first movie only to turn around and tear the damn thing down? You can't, bro. Calling that's, him oh my Mexican. gosh! That's yes, just so it's nuts. It's insane. That's, that's, it, it, that's also crazy. clearly <laughs> Doctor Umar hasn't read the comics. Uh, there's been vibranium in Atlanta uh, in uh, Antarctica the whole time. Yeah, it's just like, what I'm saying. <laughs> well, 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 my point was that it was a lot of people because I didn't really care, but it was a that was a whole sentiment. That was a whole movement on on the thing. It's like, yo, man, we got our asses bust, and it's just it's just like. Just gotta look at it, bro. Kane, 0 for 2. Falcon. Oh my God. Falcon, bro. Literally the Chicago Bears of Marvel. You know, wins every wow. once in a while with a good running quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> Could have had Mahomes. Could have had Mahomes. You know what I'm saying? It's like it's just all, all of this stuff. And, and now you have, it's just it's just interesting. It's interesting. 